Hey y'all, this is Ginger DeVries, guest number 56 of the podcast encouraging you today to use your position to broadcast God's love. God's word says, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. We pray this episode is an encouragement to you to go out and use your position to broadcast his love. From Scotto Albritton Studios, here's your host, Ricky. Hey everyone, and welcome to Broadcast His Love. This is a podcast where we talk about what life looks like when we decrease our name and increase God's name, because it's all about Jesus living life on purpose with Him. And the gifts and talents that He's given you is, it's wonderful. It's a wonderful thing, but you've got to step out and do what God has called you to do. Unfortunately, sometimes there are roadblocks that will keep us from doing what God has called us to do. And sometimes it's in our own brains. Can I get an amen? Like, do you talk yourself out of doing what God has called you to do? Uh, Man, I delayed doing anything with Broadcast is Love for years. Uh, But God has a plan for your life and He is with you right now. And I just want you to find contentment in that simple fact today. We are joined with Leah Taylor. She's our guest. She is a licensed mental health counselor in the state of Florida, offering telehealth to Florida residents. She's also an associate licensed counselor with a provisional license in Alabama and working towards her professional license there. Leah is in Birmingham, Alabama. She's lived in Gulf Breeze for a long, long time. So this is the second time you've been on. We had to have you back to talk about mental health and Christianity. So how are you, Leah? I'm doing great and even better just getting to hear your voice. You do an amazing job with this, Ricky. You are amazing. (laughs) So much fun. I'm just like, anything that's going on in my brain, it's like, does anybody else out there struggle with mental health? Because everybody I talk with seems to struggle with it. So this is a podcast for the people today, okay? Yeah, I mean, I normal is the setting on the dryer in your laundry room only, girl. Like, that, that's what I tell people every day. Hey, hey, nobody's normal. Hey, nobody normal. Oh my goodness. Okay, see, you work with a ton of people, but I really wanted to have you on because we're going to talk about, you know, an approach to combine mental health with Christianity. Let's just flow it together, right? Like we all struggle. We all sin and fall short of the glory of God. We need relationships, good Christian relationships. So um, tell us how God has really led you into doing mental health counseling with this, you know, faith first approach. Yeah, sure. I think I've always had uh, a desire to help people and kind of been wired that way. I was kind of the the mediator or the listener growing up, things like that, wherever I was, you know, people felt like they could come and talk to me. When I took a job as a worship leader and a women's ministry leader, I I led women's ministry under the pastor's wife leadership there um, at a church. Um, I became kind of the first person on staff with staff hours that women could come and talk to. Um, And so it was a natural outlet for the pastors to, to say, Hey, can you meet with this woman? And I began to, and I had a psychology degree um, in my undergrad. And so um, I realized that God was like, yeah, you know, you used to do this. You used to want to do this. And so it was like, it was a joy to be able to offer that in the church when I took the job there. Then I got um, asked to sit in and on some couple sessions or different sessions here here and there, um, because I think thankfully to the men around me, the people around me, they saw that 
that desire, that gifting too. And so, um, but as I would meet in certain situations and get to hear more things of why people came into the church, I realized sometimes that people were sitting in there with spiritual issues, but they were also sitting in there with clinical mental health issues, either depression, um, bipolar disorders, schizophrenia. And um, if I were to if we were to have a group of pastors here too, unless one of them is naturally gifted at counseling, they'll tell you they get one class unless they take more in pastoral counseling and seminary. Um, and so while they are shepherds and leaders and they care very much for their flock, they're not equipped for clinical issues. Um, and so I saw a need um, to take the power that we have from our faith and the word of God and our faith in Christ and what Jesus did on the cross and use that as like the, the, the weapon that we use to wage war and help and aid in overcoming and managing clinical mental health issues in life. And so I went into school, back to school to get my master's in clinical mental health. And I operate as a counselor who's going to treat clinical issues first, but always bring in spiritual when asked um, to help people manage and overcome the obstacles that life puts in their way. Yeah, that's amazing. Thank you for doing that. Thank you. It's my like, joy. It's your it. joy? That's I love it. It's amazing. <laughs> okay. What do you see mostly with Christians? Like Christians who come to you, what, what are they bringing? What are the main things? Well, I can't talk about clients specifically, obviously, you know, that um, client confidentiality, but Christians bring everything in that the, that the world brings in. I mean, that people who aren't Christians bring in because they have issues like the church doesn't fix all the problems of this broken world, but they are a place for the broken to come or the hungry to come and find a a place for them to find bread. And so, you know, it's like, I see everything. I see clinical mental health disorders, um, like bipolar, schizophrenia, depression, anxiety, and no one is immune to it. Mm -hmm. Um, Jesus is a, is the healer and will ultimately heal us from all of these things in eternity. But I do think our faith helps us. Um, statist- okay, let me put it this way. Statistically, um, people with faith have an overall better mental health advantage from studies I have seen than people who, who don't. Um, so that is the difference. We all come in. We're all the same at the foot of the cross and we all come in, whether we're churched or not or believers or not. But the weapons we wage war with may be different. Is that Exactly. Yeah. The weapons we wage war with may be different. I learned this in church. It's in the Bible, but I, the, with the way the pastor read it, I'm like, oh, I didn't realize that. But when you mm-hmm. talk about the full armor of God, the mm-hmm. Bible is the only weapon. It's the sword of the spirit. Mm-hmm. What? The Bible is the only weapon? Are you kidding me? Like <laughs> the word of God is a weapon? <laughs> no. Yeah. And then, you know, the scripture about no weapon formed against me shall prosper. So like anything against you as a Christian is not going to prosper. But the word of God, like that is a weapon that is for you and not against you. Like that is so good. Okay. This is something I'm really interested in because Christians and going to therapy for someone who is not a believer, 
I just feel like they would say, well, why do they need therapy? Don't they have it all together? Like what in the world? Why don't they have it all together? And I would be like, no, 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 no. That's why I have Jesus because I need him. I need good community, Jesus community. So what's your response to people who come in and are like, Christians therapy, really? Yeah, I think that you can have uh, Christians can have Jesus and a therapist. And in some cases in clinical situations, Christians can have Jesus, a therapist, a medication, exercise, music, uh, community support networks to overcome issues in life. And so um, I don't think there's one answer in, in treatment for all people, um, but I think that there can be stigmas that that whether it's the people looking at Christians um, or Christians themselves saying, well, I I shouldn't worry or have anxiety because I have Jesus or I shouldn't be depressed that my um, child just passed away because I believe in heaven and I know the Lord. But um, we see all through the Bible, David, Christ himself struggling with what I see are clinical symptoms of depression. Um, David feeling anxiety when he was being pursued by Paul. Like we, we get to read these Bible stories in a broad way. And we already know the finish, like what happened. And, and we aren't, David does a really good job. If you read through Psalms of, of actually telling you emotionally how he's feeling. But I think we just see David as the, the guy who beat the Goliath and he tripped up and he, he kind of rectified his sin and mistakes and he went on to be a great king and a man after God's own heart. Like that's what his, what's on his like epitaph or whatever that, you know, you could say, right. but, right. but, but all the emotion he felt is in there. Um, and, and he, and he finished well, but he felt all of that in, in the in between, you know, and he leaned on the Lord and friendship with his friend, Jonathan and, you know, all kinds of things to, uh, I think I see work where he like was replacing his negative thinking with positive, uh, attributes of God to get through hard times. And, um, you know, he felt a lot and dealt with a lot emotionally as yeah. he life. If you have a lot of emotions going on in your life, I mean, I haven't had a season where there haven't been a lot of emotions going on, but um, Psalms is a great book to read through because it does, like Leah's talking about, it puts perspective on how these feelings, you know, really do matter. And God wants all those feelings, like give them up to him, surrender them to him, journal them out on paper to him, like see what happens when you journal that out. Um, take the posture that David had in that and, and just see how God changes your life. Something you mentioned uh, a little bit earlier talking about Jesus being sad, Jesus wept. And we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, but I think it's important to remember that Jesus did cry. Like he was sad. He had sad moments, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, in the garden, he, he, um, if you read the story right before he went to the cross in the garden of Gethsemane, he is troubled within his spirit. Um, he sweat like what appeared to be like, like drops of blood, you know, he was in anguish in his heart. Um, and he knew, he knows the story, you know, as far as what I understand, you know, he knew what God was going to do. Um, he, um, when you see in John, when he heard of John the Baptist's uh, death, he was working with people teaching healing and he got away to pray. Like he was, you know, you see an emotional response to what he went through when Lazarus died and he was returning to the town. 
to his sisters. They met him. They were upset and angry. He wept with them. Um, and even when he walks in the tomb, if you look at that scripture specifically, you'll see that he walks into the tomb and we know the end of the story that he raises Lazarus from the dead, but it actually says he weeps again. He weeps twice in that passage. Oh, wow. And so it's like he was troubled when he met the sisters. He wait, he weeps in the tomb with Lazarus. And that word translates to mean like this emotional reaction that could have involved like even shaking and anger and just tears. And it's like, you're talking about the man who knows what's about to happen. And he yeah. feels that way. So when life when life hits us with loss and death or trauma or pain, we're not expected to just muscle through that. I mean, we don't even know the outcome. We're trusting in a holy sovereign God to carry us. Of course, we're going to have emotional response to that. Of course, we might go through bouts of depression. Of course, we might feel anxiety over this life. Um, and, and what I try to teach clients is I don't want you to beat yourself up for what you think or feel. I want us to decide what we're going to do with what we think and feel. And, yeah. and that's where the power comes from. We're not always going to be able to control if we're anxious. We're not going to be able to control in this life. If we develop, if we have mental illness, we can control what we do about it. Amen. That is so good. Okay. I did not mean to bring this up, but I, I cannot not say this right now for the person who's listening. Who's like, did you just say that a little bit of sadness is okay? A little bit of depression mourning is okay. Um, okay. So yes, it is. Um, this amazing study by Victor E. Frankel. He's an Austrian neurologist, psychiatrist, philosopher, author, and Holocaust survivor loses wow. his entire family in the Holocaust, um, does a study working in a mental institution on people who are wanting to end their life. And he found uh, in the ward or like in the section that he was in, he found that um, all the people he was working with lived. <laughs> and he found that there were Three common things that these people did. It's the study of the will of meaning. Um, and I have it hanging up here on my wall. So I'm, I'm reading it. But this has really been my motivation besides like getting Jesus out to others to be like, look, this guy's awesome. He's tangible. He wants to live life with you right now. He's with you, you know, all that. Uh, you can surrender your whole life to him and follow him and like do great things with the Lord. Um, he loves you so much. But the will of meaning is three things. One, do meaningful work. So whatever work that you're doing, do something that has meaning. So like if you want to start a new business, does that work actually have meaning? You know, do meaningful work. Do this work with a community of people. So like in the podcast, like Leah, having Leah Taylor on, love you, girl. You know, <laughs> having Christian people coming together and just like celebrating the Lord and what God's doing in their life. So uh, the second one's do this work with a community of people. The third is take whatever suffering you've experienced. So this is going back to, we we're talking about like Jesus wept, um, take whatever suffering you've experienced and use it for good. So, you know, like the believers the back then when Jesus lived on this earth, the disciples, they took that suffering that they experienced and shared it with other people of losing Jesus and then, you know, used it for good. Jesus died for your sins. He wants to spend eternity with you. This is how you give your life to the Lord. But this is what Victor E. Frankel found is that if you do these three things for the will of meaning that you will have a more um, happy, purpose-filled life. 
I did not mean to talk about this today, but here we are. Like, do you have any comments on just like doing purposeful work and the importance of it in our Christian walk? Yeah. I think that if you, in general, if you think better, you feel better, you know, like a study out of Harvard shows that (laughs) it sounds so like out there study out of Harvard, you'll believe that said it was from Harvard, but it actually was from Harvard. Yeah. Yeah. Said that, um, it, you know, if you focus on the things you're thankful for and you focus on things you're grateful for, you're going to feel more thankful and grateful. It's like the verdict's out. But that's all through the Bible when David says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, recount the things of the Lord, um, serve others. You know, like this is not, I think a lot in the Bible is not this like to-do list. It's God saying, hey, this is how life can feel good and feel purpose when you're living for eternity and something greater than what you can see at the end of your nose or something greater than yourself. When you read through Philippians 2, 3, and 4, you know, you get to the end of Philippians 4 where it says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, present your request to God. A lot of people read that and say, well, don't be anxious about anything because Paul said that, but you have to read Philippians 2, 3, and 4. You have to see and know that he was in prison, that he constantly recounted things with joy, that he surrounded himself with believers, that he was thankful to God for the things he could be thankful for. He's Mm -hmm. he's singing Psalms, hymns, and reminding himself of the truth of God. And then he's telling you in that progression, I'm learning and I'm learning to be content in all things that through anything Christ can carry me through. And then even in that passage of not being anxious, it says right before that God is at hand. So don't be anxious about everything. So he's reminding himself at the end of everything else he can control and do and have purpose in doing. He's also surrendered that God is the one in control and he's near and in his, and his presence with us is the promise. Yep. Not anything we might prosper from, but right. his presence. We don't his know presence. what we're going to go through, but we know he's going to be there because of who he is. His yeah. presence is the promise. And For you who has felt the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, you know exactly what Leah meant when she said that his presence is the promise because that is enough because God is more than enough. Um, If you're listening to this and you do feel sad and depressed in this moment right now, I do want you to back this podcast up the last um, 30 seconds to the last minute and just listen to what Leah said about what Paul did um, uh, before he said, do not be anxious about anything because those were really good points of what you could do and apply to your life right now to, um, feel unstuck. And it's kind of a weird way to put it, but just how you just listed that off. What Paul did is just a really beautiful way, uh, to experience, have some time with the Lord and mentally, um, let him lead you out of, uh, you know, a pit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, open up Philippians two, three, and four and go, okay, Paul, like put yourself in there. I'm in prison. I'm Paul. Yeah. What am I doing? <laughs> what am I telling right. you to do? Why would that be helpful to me right now? Why would singing Psalms be helpful to me? Yeah. Um, oh, music is healing music. A lot of times when I work with clients, I would say, I'll ask them what they're listening to. Why? Well, it resonates with me right now. It makes me feel like I'm not alone. It reminds me God is for me and not against me. Like, there, there's a method to the, to what's in there. And I think God designed it that way to be that weapon of warfare for us. Yeah. Um, not to jump to the last question, but I, I am excited about it. It's my favorite. <laughs> um, what Bible verse is encouraging you in this season, Leah Taylor? 
um well speaking of like being in tune or or being you know talking about our emotions and what we deal with um i have um recently lost my grandmother she was a hundred years old she was amazing she was the first woman who ever showed me jesus she she not only did i go and sit in her little church in walnut hill florida and hear about jesus but they lived it in their home in the way they treated each other, the way they loved each other, the way they um, finished every night together with the word of God, the way they carried food to their neighbors, just they lived Jesus. And so I, I knew that what I had heard growing up was actually real because it, it was walked out in people's lives. And so losing her, it's, we knew we would be losing her, you know, like right. it, she's a hundred and she had a very full and great life. And, um, but you lose your matriarch, you know, the glue to your family, you, you lose that person that first ignited Jesus, like in your heart, she's no longer here on this earth. I know she's in heaven. She's, she wouldn't come back if she could. Exactly. But, But she has just, um, she just has left a mark on my life. And, um, I was thinking like, um, about her legacy the other day. And I was thinking about Romans 10. So to get to the answer to your question, you know, um, it says, um, you know, in verse nine, it says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and Romans 10 verse nine, um, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved for with the heart one believes and is justified. And with the mouth one confesses and is saved for the scripture said, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. And then it goes on to say, um, some, some stuff about the distinctions between Jews and Greeks and the, the Lord is the Lord of all. But in verse 14, there's, there's kind of like a, a statement made. Um, so, okay, we know if we confess Jesus as Lord, we'll be saved. But then something said in verse 14, how then will these people call on him of who they've not believed? And how are they to believe in him of who they've never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they're sent? As it's written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news? And my grandmother just had beautiful feet. Hmm. She had beautiful feet. And, and I think speaking to how you encourage people to walk in their giftedness and to walk in their, you know, a lot of people think if I'm not serving in a church full time, I'm not in ministry, but in this podcast or like in my counseling room, I want to have beautiful feet. I want to have beautiful feet for people to have a safe space to share what's what, when they're hurting to get help when they need it. Um, and so whether you're a, a, a doctor, a dental hygienist, a teacher, uh, a nurse, uh, you know, a technician, um, a factory worker, whatever it is, there's so many jobs out there to do. If you're carrying Jesus with you in the hope of his resurrection, like you have beautiful feet and you may impact like a, a little girl one day who's going to walk with Jesus the rest of her life because your feet are beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think this is like, where we pray. This is where we pray because somebody out there is like, I I want to have beautiful feet um, too. I want to have beautiful feet too. <laughs> like Leah and her grandmother. Um, so do you mind praying us out of this podcast if that's okay? Yeah. No. Lord, I thank you so much for the legacy of grace. I thank you so much for um, that you impact a heart so strongly that, that they have the, the, Um, ability to impact generations for eternity. Um, So I thank you for the people who've walked into our lives with beautiful feet and have shared the good news with us that we could be partakers in your truth and, and, 
and in your salvation. And so, Lord, I pray that you would then help us to have beautiful feet to walk that to someone else. And so for for um, anyone out there who desires beautiful feet, Lord, I pray that you would give them boldness. Um, I pray that you would give them strength. I pray that you would give them courage to take what is in them, what you have planted in them, and to share it with someone else in any facet, any place where they are. If they're they're a mom raising, raising kids at home and taking care of them, if they're out working in the job force, Lord, whatever it is, Lord, we have a chance to declare your goodness and your grace. So Lord, help us to do it with kindness and love and in truth and honor you um, so that your kingdom may be furthered. We we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for praying for us. How do we connect with you? The best place to connect with me is through my website, leahtaylorcounseling.com. That's the best place to make that connection for sure. Beautiful website. Thank you so much, Leah. And um, yeah, I look forward to talking to you again. I love you. I love Thank it. You anytime. I'll do this anytime. I love what you're doing. I love your heart. And I just, I, you, I just smile. I could just sit and watch you record these all day because it just made me like, it just up my joy meter just watching you. <laughs> Thank you, Leah. Take care. Take care. Hey, this is Dustin, one of the pastors at Grace Bible Church in Sebring, Florida. Thanks for tuning in to listen to Broadcast His Love with Ricky Van Stewart. I hope you also consider joining us on our podcast as well. Our hope is to encourage you, inspire you, and compel you towards a closer walk with Jesus and one another. You can find us on every platform where podcasts are offered by simply searching for Grace Bible Church Sebring. Again, this is Pastor Dustin, and I hope to get to connect with you very soon. Hey, this is Mark Stockland, pastor and CEO for Haiti Bible Mission in Jeremy Haiti. If you'd like to follow along with what we're doing in Jeremy Haiti, you can check us out at HaitiBibleMission.org. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We'd love to get you guys connected with what we're doing in Jeremy Haiti and how you can partner with us to live the difference, to help empower leaders to transform communities. God bless you guys and have a great day. Hey everyone, it's Erica with Glassy Day Studio, where we believe every broken, discarded, and disrupted thing will be reclaimed, restored, and redeemed by the one who created and calms the waves. Glassy Day jewelry is shaped from recycled surfboard resin and each design is named after a woman in the Bible. And 10% of every purchase supports foster care ministries. Check it out at glassydaystudio.com. And thanks for listening. And if this episode has drawn you closer to Christ, please share it with your friends and family or even one person that might find encouragement in the message and a deeper relationship with Christ. God bless and have a great week. This is amazing.